We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! How good you guys! And welcome to another episode of the Golden Bologs. Golden Blogs. Wow, I can't talk today. The Golden Blogs podcast. The podcast. 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 Off to an excellent oh. start. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, this is a great start today. Great, great start. Um, yeah, so we are back uh, to our normal schedule. Um, we will be continuing on weekly for the remainder of the academic year, I guess is how we should say it, right? For the, summer, or the fall and then the spring with basketball and fall with football. So, um, we have, I think, countdown-wise, we are at uh, five weeks till football, I believe. So exciting. Five weeks till football. And when, is, uh, when do they report for camp? They, uh, I think first camp is July 31st. Oh. I think first meetup, I think, is July 31st. I think August 1st actually might be their first official one, but I think everyone's supposed to report in by July 31st. Next so, weekend. Yep, that's next weekend. Um, that's and awesome. Of course, we'll all be out there at practice. We'll be taking turns. Uh, I, will, I will try. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna try and make Andy go out to one of the one of the weekend ones. Um, oh yeah, weekend for sure. Yeah, as long as it's not the after work ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, just, I don't think that's even possible. I think they day. start most of their practices at three or four, yeah. so it's 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 highly unlikely. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always a group of us out there. Uh, Ryan Gorsey from Scouts always out there. I don't know who from Rivals will be out there. It might be Trace. I'm pretty sure it'll be Trace because um, I don't think Eugene. Um, is going to want to sit out there in the cold again. <laughs> uh, so it'll probably be Trace, and then one of our CGB riders will probably be out there, and then there's a couple just uh, guys you, if you're on Twitter, let you'll know that you've never met before, then that's where you'll meet them for the first time. Uh, so it's kind of fun. I mean, you kind of sit there, you know, you talk about, like, oh, who made that catch, and you kind of, you know, eye out for one another to, to write and stuff like that. So um, if you're interested, uh, please come out. We're there every practice. Um, so pretty fun to talk about Cal, Cal football and it's just fun to see those guys that um, I don't know personally for me if you go out to these practices it's for some people it's really boring they just practice against each other it's not a real game like they're not live tackling all the time they do have live tackle uh, full pad days but most of the time you know it's in shorts and maybe shells 
But for me, it's going out there and seeing the guys that probably won't be starters and how much they play, like how well they play. Because the starters you know are starters because they're that good, right? But if a starter goes down due to unforeseen circumstances, whether that be injury or suspension or whatever it might be, you want to know how good the next guy is. And so for me, that's the more that's the fun part about practices to go see that next guy could be really good. Like he's going to push the starter for snaps. Um, so especially on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah. We got a ton um, of talent to watch. Yeah. I mean, in, there's there's such a backlog <laughs> that it might be in your best interest to go because you won't be able to get to see these guys play until maybe the, the next season or the season this. after. Yeah, the season after. So, uh yeah, I mean, we'll get to the depth chart, too. And when we get to the depth chart, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, so we'll get there soon. But I can't let's, wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, let's start with some uh, some just overall Cal news. Javid Best. Oh, Javid Best. I mean... This, I, this warms my heart. This does. This does. I mean, it rings... It warms... I think a lot of Cal fans do have a soft spot for Javid and what he did for the team. Um, and plus just how his pro career... Just how it ended... Um, but at least for us, like, we were both freshmen with Javid. Like, if you remember, and him playing as a true freshman on that team, that 07 team, oh, Lord help me, that 07 team. Um, I don't know. It, it was crazy to know that, like, one of my classmates that I got into school with, that I'm here at school with, is on that field playing that well. I had a class was, with Javid Bess and Cam Jordan and a lot of the guys, actually. That, that first year, that freshman year, fall of freshman year, I had class with all of them. And um, Derek Van Rienen, who was the professor for the class, would actually show NFL highlights of these big hits and ask them how, like, I mean, I'm, this is a cam story, but Javid was in the class too. And would, would ask them, like, how it feels, like, from the offensive player's perspective to get hit like that. And from the defensive player, do you try and cue into that? And to hear their discussion, Javid was, I mean, he's a super quiet guy. He keeps himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Cam is the complete opposite. <laughs> and so Cam was talking all the time in class about it. But it was amazing. Freshman year to see him. And, yeah, you know what I will say, though? I think there is a part of me that that part of the culture of – I was so nervous around him at all times, I felt like. And I was with Java when he was on the team. Um, and I still felt like I was, like, not worthy of his presence. And yeah. I did feel like that was kind of the way the football program was. It was. And now I think we're in a much better place with that, where they feel like the players themselves feel a lot more involved in the academic side of things and, like, more of your peers, Yeah, which is really how cool. How much of that, though, is because we're older, too? Yeah. <laughs> So how much, much of it? How much of it is if you walked on campus, let's say tomorrow, and you saw one of the football players? It, Dude, it, if I saw this versus like eight or nine years yeah. ago, like <laughs> I still got pretty hyped when I was doing the Twitter feed for uh, uh, the Oregon State game, and then I got to go down and ask Trey Watson a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Dude, you've been my boy for a while, but you don't know that." <laughs> You know, you know, uh, I mean, that was, that was like me and uh, one of our writers, Solomon, at Media Days last year. Uh, we're sitting at the table, and then Coach Dykes comes and taps us on the shoulder, and he goes, you guys eat lunch? And we're like, yes, <laughs> yes, Coach. We ate lunch. <laughs> I mean, and then. Oh, did he really? Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, Jared comes down and sits down at the table, too, because he's, you know, he was the, the offensive guy that was there. And we're just sitting there talking with him about just 
random stuff. I mean, when all the, I, I definitely did notice this, and this is just a side story, but when we were there and Jared's sitting at the end of the table and we're asking questions, when the national guys were there, he was a little bit more, up, you know, stand, uh, sitting up straight, you know, talking a little more formal. Once they all left, then it's left with, you know, guys like uh, Ryan Gorsey of Scout. Um, and, of course, we introduced ourselves as the guys, as the guys from Golden Blogs and, he definitely, he definitely relaxed a little bit. Uh, the way he was talking, the way he was like, uh, you know, just holding himself. You know, we joked around with him. We, you know, we asked him about the whole Bryce Treggs and uh, Jared Goff, who dunked on who, uh, that whole Twitter feud. Um, and uh, Jared looked at me. I asked him, and Jared looked at me. He's like, "What's there to talk about? Like, it's all written. Like, I dunked on him. That, that's <laughs> that's all there is to. Uh, I mean, this will never end. That that Twitter feud will, might never end. Um, but." It's that's definitely true that a lot of that allure of like being a like a semi-pro athlete, right? That's basically what the football guys were at the time is is gone. You could you literally walk up to any of these guys and they'd be like more than happy to you know shake your hand, take a picture. I mean, I've seen Vic on campus and I, you know, I saw I I would just be like, "Hey, you know, great game the other day." Uh, this was or I mean, I told him great season. This was during basketball season. I would just see him. And he's like, "Oh, thanks, man. Like it means a lot." Just walk <laughs> I mean, it's just a normal, just a normal, you know, yeah, hello so con- cool. conversation. Um, but I definitely remember. I definitely know where you're coming from. Is we, you couldn't even say that. Mm-mm. It was impossible to say that. I <laughs> it was like actually, and I don't, uh, I don't know if it was like status, but I remember I would walk around campus because you know EQ guys got to wear all the clothes, and all of a sudden people would stare at me all the time when I was walking around, and I was like. Why is everyone looking at me today? Like I'm tired, I'm just walking to class, and I realized, oh, it's because I'm wearing cow sweats, the shoes, got the sweatshirt, got the hat, got every um everything that just the players had get. to tell. And people are probably like, oh, that person. It was weird. Yeah. And I yeah, the best thing I saw coming like back to this was Stephen McClure when he was walking down from I don't know I House, yeah. and I saw him with four other just normal Cal students, and that was something that I really. Like, don't get me wrong. There are guys that I knew on the team that did do that. Yeah. But it just was more rare than it was commonplace. Yeah. Yeah. I think you want, I think uh, I know some people that have Cal classes with the football team guys, and they're a lot more approachable. Um, it's not like they do the, the, the class projects by themselves. Like, they're more just, yeah, I can just group up with anyone sitting next to me. Like, it's not a big deal like that anymore so that's actually really it's really cool to see um and javid's back a lot too by the way um he's here you know i mean when he was back in school i think it was last, was it last fall or, or the i think it was last fall he was helping out with the running backs yep. um and doing that all that stuff um so i mean he's he's being what it is he's being a student athlete that's pretty much what he was and uh so, but back to the point about Javid, as we, as we uh, take this trip down memory lane about Javid Best, uh, he is running the 100-meter uh, sprint for St. Lucia. He has made the Olympic squad for St. Lucia, and he will be in Rio uh, next month. First NFL player ever. Exactly. To compete in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's insane. I mean, he ran track here. We all knew he was lightning fast. But the fact that he was able to elevate himself to the... I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, athletes are athletes. For me, I mean, I will never be as athletic as some of these guys that play for any sport at Cal or any college. Um, did watch, you know, there's that Twitter feed called, like, Division 6 bound. I don't think I'd even be Division 6 bound. Like, <laughs> Division 10? Is that, like, volunteer service? Like, <laughs> maybe there. Um, but, you know, 
it's it's great to see him find his his path i guess like this i think he didn't want to stop being an athlete like that's it's one of his passions you could definitely see how that with how he handled football and how he handled you know just everything at cal plus in the nfl with the lions um but for him to become an olympic sprinter like dang i mean the the amount of training, the the amount of like muscle work and everything is totally flipped upside down compared to being a football player. Granted, he still ran track account, but the the stuff you work on on a daily basis is different from a sprinter versus a professional football player. So, I mean, it would be insane to see him, you know, line up in a heat next to Usain Bolt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can you imagine? I can't. I can't even fathom that. Like, what it would look like. And I'm pretty sure for him too. I can't. I think. I don't think he can even like realize. You know, standing there next to just. <laughs> yeah, does Javi get nervous the same way we do? And <laughs> maybe. I mean, Flip at it. that point, right? At yeah. that point, it's anyone. It's anyone I mean, who he makes. Was but, out there with some of the best on the football field. I wonder. I'm sure he does. I bet. And I think everyone still gets nervous. Everyone has those sports stars, right? You know, like I'm pretty sure, like. I don't know, maybe not LeBron or these guys do it, but, you know, if LeBron were to, like, see Messi, and I know LeBron, or Kobe, too. Kobe's a huge... And Steph. Yeah, they're all huge soccer fans. If they were to see Ronaldo or Messi just, like, you know, at the restaurant sitting at the table next to them, like, granted, of course, Kobe, I think, has a little friendship with Messi going, but I think there is a bit of that, right? That The the, the guys you don't see on a daily basis, but you still see on TV. It's like the whole... uh, What's it? Uh, entertainer versus athlete thing, like the, the whole with the whole ESPYS. Uh, I think I can't remember who said it, but the allure of the ESPYS is that like athletes always want to meet like movie stars and TV actors, and TV actors always want to meet athletes, right? Like the big name ones. But it's just there's no medium to do that. Yeah. And they said the ESPYS is like a great way to like build friendships with with these guys. Um, so I think he has that allure. He has to have that type of. Like, oh, crap, it's Usain Bolt. Like, <laughs> the fastest man in the world. That guy is so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, but that's impressive, uh, to say the least. I mean, the 100 meters, you know, it's not even like a, I don't know. I don't know what's harder. Is it a marathon or is it 100 meters? I, I think I think a lot of people are like, so they look at the 100 meters and they put that on a pedestal versus the guy who runs the 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 marathon they don't really like care about nor are they that interested because it's like they're running for like six hours um but i don't know i don't know which would be harder uh but regardless because it happens so quick i think that's the bigger thing for me it's like you train so hard for like six seconds and your your thing is done six seconds (laughs) yeah it's really fast and i imagine I don't know. I don't know if your margin for error is the same or how it, how it's different over time and how it affects you cuz I don't I don't have any experience running marathons. Nope. But yeah, you you do lack the excitement that I think a marathon has, but from a difficulty standpoint, I imagine I mean, you look at the marathon runners, they're skinny as hell. Oh yeah. And then you look at um like Bolt and even Javit, like their quads oh. and legs are just enormous. They're ginormous. So it's kind of like the you know, the, there was a, sw- a sprinter that's in the, sw- you know, swimming, Olympics or swimming yeah. for, you know, he's kind of old. So he's able to do that longer. So I don't know. I don't know what is harder, what is more challenging. And 
that I did read that book. And I've, wow, I forgot the name, but it's all about running and um, that book about running. That good old book about running. Good old book. Find at Barnes and Noble. That good old book about running. Might be my own book. Um, they say that your peak set, like think twenty eight, and then everything else is downhill from there. So he's shelf, at his shelf life for everything. He's at his peak. Yeah, yeah that's John's at his peak. Probably right around our age, huh? Yeah. All right, another bit of Olympic news. Carly Lloyd, uh, the former National Player of the Year, uh, the former All-Pac-10 Cal Setter, um, I believe. I think she was right. She was still here before it was Black 12. That's right. Yep. Um, makes the Cal uh, – not the Cal. <laughs> she didn't make the Cal team. She made the Team USA volleyball team, um, and now she is headed to Rio. I think she's one of three setters. Uh, so I don't know how she falls into the rotation. I haven't looked that deeply into it, nor do I know enough about women's volleyball to look that deeply into it. Uh, but I mean, from by all our standards, I mean, I I went to go see quite a few women's volleyball games my freshman year. I don't know if you did. Um, nope. But she was good. I mean, I mean for me, volleyball volleyball is one of those sports that a lot of my high school buddies played, which is why I watched a lot of their games. Which is why watching volleyball is fun to me. I can't play for the crap of it because I can't jump that high. Um, but. For me, watching it, it's so much fun. And I found out our school does have a men's team. So naturally, went to go watch the women's team. And they're pretty good. And it was pretty fun. Um, and she was one heck of a setter. Um, she, I don't know how she does it. I mean, she's the same height as me. Hmm. Uh, I think she, she was listed at 6'1", I believe. Um, so, and she just, her, I don't know how to say it. Like, her sets are just so, it's so crisp. Like she just, it just kind of just comes off her finger pads really quickly. Um, I don't remember a lot because the last time I saw her play was that's like already like five, six years ago. So, um, but from what I remember, I mean, her ability to read, um, her ability to, to set backwards um, and just, just her all around ability to control the game, at least on the offensive side, simply amazing, was on point. She knew exactly where to toss to, um, and was able to read the defense pretty much on point. Like, she knew where the double teams were coming. She knew when to go to quicks, when when to go to fars, when to go to the back. Like, it was just – she just knew. Um, so. I remember she used to just win all the awards. You know, yeah. It was like Carly was always the one that was – and I knew a couple of the volleyball girls too. And she was by far and away the, the one that won the most awards and I heard the most about. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Two cow bears, at least. At least. No, there's more. I mean, there's sw- <laughs> swimming alone as is like two handfuls, right? Yeah. Um, so Love I, all those cow caps. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, Missy Missy Franklin couldn't wear a cow cap, but I'm sure she would have. I'm sure she would have. The only reason is because she's pro now, so oh, she, has to, she has to wear her pro, her pro team's cap. She can't wear a cow one. But all the other guys, they were all wearing the cow ones. Um, oh, and so it's... It is what it is. If you're making money from a sport, I applaud you. <laughs> something that, that's something that we'll never be able to do ever. Hey, never you know, say never. You never know. Never where, say never. You never know where the Bearcast is going. <laughs> this is kind of a sport. Is this? No. Is there a competition for this podcasting? <laughs> oh yeah, maybe, 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 maybe in the future. You never know. <laughs> Pokemon Go seems to be the popular right now. So, oh, uh, uh, which by the way, I've just walked on campus the other day. Um, and we'll we'll use this as a little transition point. Um, there was a whole bunch of students walking up Bancroft, and um, I thought it was just like a group of tourists. 
No, a bunch of Cal students playing Pokemon Go as they walked up Bancroft, like a group of six of them. Um, and I realized the reason they were walking up as they were playing was because apparently, um, I don't know if you play Pokemon, uh, but um, if you do, there is a Hitmonchan at Memorial Stadium. It's the little, it's the Pokemon that looks like a fighting Pokemon, has punching gloves. Um, oh, but okay. Anyways, it's it's one of the hard ones to find, and it's only it's you can only find it at least in this area for sure. You can find it at Memorial Stadium. But apparently some people said they tried, uh, you know how the top gate uh, on the road up to Lawrence Labs, you kind of, it oversees the field. It's not close enough. You need to get in the stadium for the range to, to get into that zone. So I know a lot of people apparently are like waiting for football season or football practice to start so that they can go and wow. catch it. So um, the guy who created it was a Haas. Yeah. Haas yeah. Yeah. That's so it is relevant. It is relevant. It is relevant. That is why it's, it's, it's so great, but that everyone hates it. It's because it was made by a Calston. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right, right? Yeah. Um, all right. And from that note, on to Memorial Stadium. <laughs> we have some uh, Cal football recruiting news. So we have two new recruiting news. Uh, there wasn't any commits. Um, the last one we talked about, Alex, Alex, Alex Funches, I believe. That was the last one a, a few weeks ago. Or about a month ago, um, that was the last one. Right now, it's you know I think there it's like the, all the all the little camps like Elite Eleven, the opening, all that stuff, all those little camps. So not a lot of people are committing. Everyone's still taking their time. Uh, as much as our Elite Eleven quarterback, no, that is Chase Garbers. Ah, Garbers. Chase Garbers is our Elite Eleven quarterback. Um, but two news is five-star running back Malcolm Askew. Uh, he's committed to Auburn, but he's visiting Cal. So he has a he his list on Twitter is actually ranked by a team that he that he likes. So he's committed, and he's the number one. Of course, is uh, Auburn. Cal's number seven. Where's he from? Um, I do not know. I totally forgot to look that up. Hmm. Um, I was just looking at his Twitter account, and just looking at his uh, at where he was offered from. But um, yeah, I mean he's at seven, or we're at seven. So we're slowly moving up. Um, and I to go to a how many do you list eight ten ten yeah and to go to to go to number seven to like visit, visit in order yeah it's actually ranked in order Very so cool. not bad not bad um, we, we're still in the running I mean who's, who's recruiting him Peeler I would have to assume Peeler um, yeah I'd have to assume Peeler but the big thing for me is that the fact that we're in the running for all of these like big time guys I mean a lot of the guys even locally. You know, it would be, we would be in it for a little bit. And then as soon as like a top 10 came out, like we would be out of it. But now with these five-star guys, we're at least in the conversation until the very end, which leaves a window of opportunity. Of course, people are going to say, oh man, like, but you know, we're never going to get him. That's not the point. The point is we're constantly in the conversation. That's... We got one last year. Exactly. Demetrius, hello. Hello. Um, Hello. Hello. Is that me (laughs) you're looking... No. Um... But yeah, um, so that's great to know. I mean, because we're going after quite a few big mm. name running backs, which which I'm like I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to struggle with this because and like not get too hyped about it just because let's look at let's for just for a split second here let's look forward to next season not this season but next season. Demetrius Robertson will still be here. Milky Stovall will still be here. Jordan Duncan will still be here. Carlos Stricken will still be here. Um, that alone, and you know Brandon Singleton. I'm like, I'm not naming. I'm not even naming a few of these guys. C- 
comes in next year, four-star wide receiver like Tariq Johnson and all those guys. So you're stacked at the wide receiver position in terms of star-wise with fours and fives. You have a quarterback next year, a slight question mark, but you have you have Max Gilliam, who's a four-star. You have Victor, who is a three-star, but I, I think he's a four-star with just his ability to make plays. Um, and then you have, of course, um, Chase, right, on top of that. And you have Ross Bowers. That, and then right behind him, you have your running backs of Trey and Vic, who are se- who will be seniors next season. Unreal. You have, and then you have a five, and then if you grab one of these five-star running backs right behind him, oh, I mean, to, to groom them into that, that, like, that star running back, because, and then, I mean, you will go even further. You think about the following year after that, when Vic and Trey have gone. And you get this five-star guy to be your all, you know, your all-purpose every down back, and all the other wide receivers that we talk about right now as the freshmen or sophomores that are going to be really good. They're you know starting to be upperclassmen, fully developed. That's going to be fun to watch, really fun to watch. But then again, I mean, we need to pull one of these guys first, right? Uh, but you're right. We have a lot of momentum going the right direction. Yeah. So Malcolm Askew, of course, uh, we have a uh, uh, Cam. Shoot, I can't remember his last name. Uh, it was literally right there, and I lost it. Um, but he's a he's he's a five star running back as well. We're looking at him, of course. The big fish that we all want to get is Najee Harris uh, at Antioch High School, the five star running back, the number one overall prospect in all of America, um, is the guy we want. But he's currently committed to Alabama. Which, by the way, I mean, if you didn't know, last week uh, he was at the opening. Uh, one of the days he wore a cal beanie. Mm-hmm. He wore a cal beanie. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just blue and gold. It was one of those beanies that had like you know the old school Oski, the one where it's like the angry face with the hat. He, it was one of those. Like it had it on, and people were asking him why he was wearing that. He said, "I just have to rep the bay." Oh, he, that's awesome. Why he's got to tease, tease us like that though? Like seriously, seriously. Come on, we gotta believe. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I believe. I believe they're working behind the scenes on Dude, him. Dude, you can rip the bay in a lot of ways without wearing a cow hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Um, so, and of course, uh, one more bit of recruiting news: four-star linebacker Raheem or Raheem. Okay, we've been we were talking about this the entire time before we started recording, but is it Raheem or Raheem? I think it's Raheem. I'm pretty. I, You're going with Raheem. I'm going with Raheem. I'll go with Raheem. Why not? I'll just say it. it's R A H Y M E. Okay, I think it's Raheem. Um, if you don't, if you know the answer, please please uh, email us or tweet at me or the Golden Blocks thing and tell like just uh, I mean they can't say it right, so just say it's either Andy or Rob. Like just tell us which one's right. Um, but I think it's Raheem. Uh, Raheem Johnson, four star linebacker, visited last week. He's a former UCLA commit. Um, apparently, uh, the little blurb uh, that Ryan Gorsey wrote without talking about what goes behind what he wrote behind the paywall is um, it said the Bears are moving up on his list. Position of need, big time, big time linebacker, former UCLA commit. Why did he decommit? I don't know. Hmm. I wish I wish I knew that, um, but I do not know. All right, that wraps up recruiting news. Um, on to the fun stuff for today. Uh, the big news is the depth chart. Uh, was released at Media Days last week. Um, and thankfully, we had a Golden Blocks member there who got uh, a free USB that had all these doc- little documents in it. Uh, they give it to you every year. 
Uh, so I thought that was like some special thing he no, came away with. No, I mean <laughs> happened upon it. Yeah, they give you like a four gigabyte like little USB drive. Um, nice. I thought it had nothing on it until I got home and plugged it in. And there's like a whole bunch of files. Then it's just all the all the little write ups of each team, like the little packets you get of every single team, um, and it's all in there electronically. So he sent us uh, the the PDF version of the depth chart. Uh, he. Yeah, take a picture of it earlier, and we'll, t- we'll try to get Andrew on the show uh, within the next couple of weeks. But um, I feel like there's a typo here. There has to be right here at the very top. Yeah, there's no way Noah Westerfield's playing wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> there, <laughs> it's, just, it's just no. Way. It says at the very top. It says preseason depth chart defense, and then it says wide receiver X number name number thirty three Noah Westerfield D. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, We'll start with the offense. Um, Let's go with uh, any surprises for you, Andy? Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean, only because I've been looking at the O-line. So I expected – I know I say his name name wrong. Uh, Uluwawe? Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Samisi. I just say Samisi. Samisi? (laughs) Just to make it easy. I thought that it would be an or. So I was actually really surprised to see that Dwayne Wallace is like the outright starter. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's a camp battle to watch, but I was actually like that was the first one that really jumped out to me. I think when we announced the depth chart to the blogosphere, we had a lot of people talking and they expect to see a lot of shifts uh, at the line. Yeah. Which is interesting too. So... For me, that that jumped out quite a bit. What about for you? I mean, the line definitely. I mean, we knew about two, two or three spots on the line were cemented for sure, right? We knew left tackle was going to be Cochran. Mm-hmm. We knew left guard would most likely be Barreo, and we knew right tackle would probably be Stephen Moore. The bigger question was whether we who would start at center and then who would be the right guard, as you just mentioned. Of course, now we know Dwayne Wallace is the starter and Samisi is the backup. Um, but center is the key one, right? Because it has Tony Mc, uh, Patrick McCarry or Addison News or Dominic Granado or Jeremiah Stuckey. For me, at center, it has to be Jeremiah. I don't know why you would bring in a transfer center. Oh, um, I totally forgot about Jeremiah. Yeah. My right of why you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why you would bring a transfer center from the same school that your new offensive coordinator play or coached at? Yeah, but it was supposed just, to be Addison's year. This, uh, man, I've been hearing hype on Addison's like for this is our third straight year. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been hyped on him too ever since I saw him destroy some people uh, at last fall camp and in spring ball. But I mean, personally, it makes sense. You have you it's have the six six three hundred. Yeah, you get him to play a year, right, and to teach the kids how to play the center position in Spavel's offense. Mm-hmm. Then you then you have a real position battle the following year between McCarry and Ooms as because the Ooms will be a redshirt junior, McCarry will be a redshirt redshirt uh, just a true junior. Um, so you have a little position battle there between the two, and they'll at least mentally be ready to play because you had a guy who played in Spavel's offense for three or so years and just now can fully cement the the learning process down like they don't have to learn anything on the fly like they'll know all the all the little little ins and outs that you need to know about playing the center position in this type of offense so for me i think it's it has to be stucky um nor do i think he would come if he wasn't given some sorts of like you'll be the favorite um granted i hate i hate that if you're giving like no one else an, an opportunity 
Um, but like at the same time, if you're a transfer, like I don't see why you would come to place if you didn't know that you had a shot at starting, right? Well, to be fair, at least they left it out in the at least they left it up in the air. Yeah, they left it as or. Yeah, it's really an or. So even that at the quarterback position too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, let's see for surprises. Oh, biggest surprise for me is if you look at a running back. It's listed as Trey Watson or Vic Inouye or Kalhani Muhammad. And then the fourth running back is Billy McCrary, just cemented as number four. Because after that goes Zion Eccles, Patrick Laird, Alex Netherda, Fabiano Hale, and then Derek Clark, which which I'm kind of – I mean, and then after Billy McCrary, of course, Zion Eccles at the fifth, as the fifth running back. Granted, you're not going to see much time as the fifth running back, um, but – as a freshman who didn't play in spring ball, already cemented as the fifth running back ahead of, you know, all these other guys. And then your other freshman running back, Derek Clark, listed as the last running back. That's a weird little gap. I've never I've, – that's the first time it's, I've seen that. Um, so, yeah, that part was really surprising He's to supposed me. to be a stud. Yeah, he is. He's supposed to be really fast. Um, so, yeah, I'm – I can't think of any other places, at least on offense – um, anything for you that stands out for, on the offensive side? Nothing entirely. I think seeing Noah so far down in the receiver slot, yeah, it's kind of surprising because he jumped out a lot. Um, I thought he, I just kind of figured that he would be higher up, but that's about it. Everything else makes a lot of sense. It's good to see uh, VC or. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to butcher every name, so let's just be okay with it. Uh, it's good to see Jordan up up as high as he is. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, the wide receiver X position, right, It's the starter is listed as Brandon Singleton or Patrick Wurstel or Vic Wharton or Demetrius Robertson. Awesome. <laughs> like, that alone on the outside, that's that's crazy. And then you look at the X, the H position, it's like Hudson, who's 6'3", VC who's six three, Jack Austin who's six three, kind of I know six six just six foot, but and then after that Jake Ashton at six four, Logan Gamble at six six. That's, Huge. That's height at that position. Um, Huge. I mean, wide receiver wise, we've talked about this, we've raved about this all off season long. Is you're three deep at every wide receiver position easy? You're easily three deep at every wide receiver position, and that's. And that's not a knock on the guys that are after the third position. Like, any of those guys can push for snaps at any given time. Um, and that's the scarier part, right? I mean, if I'm Hawaii right now looking at this offense, and we'll do a Hawaii preview later on, but if I'm Hawaii and I go, all right, defense, we need to start looking at some tape for next for next year at Cal. Um, <laughs> yeah, spend a, a whole lot of time. Like, you're going to have to spend a lot of time looking at just plays we ran and certain, like, little nuances about the offense. But then at the same time, we have a brand-new offensive coordinator. So that totally changes just the play-calling scheme and all of that. And then on top of that, you can't, like, you know, I've said this a whole bunch of times. You know, last year when you're looking at the tape, you go, all right, what's the best way to, to knock out Kenny Lawler, like, out of the offense? What's the best way to knock out Darius Powell out of the offense? What's the best way to take out... Steven Anderson from that offense like you can you can look at the tape and kind of set weaknesses but you look at this go okay um, let's look at the exposition first how are we gonna take out Singleton Wurstel Wharton and Robertson like you don't even have tape on some of these guys like what 
what can you possibly like research about these guys like and prepare yourself for like Milky Stovall, Grayson Bankhead, Bug Rivera, Matt Rocket, and Matt Laris at the Y. Like, what do you <laughs> like? You look at all of Melky Stovall's uh, highlight reel stuff. He's a running back in high school. Even even our writer Solomon was juked out by that because he wrote his entire scouting report as if he was going to be a running back here. He had no idea that he was going to be a wide receiver. So I actually, when I was looking at it, I was surprised that he wasn't on the running back list, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, he's a wide receiver. Um, so that's that's the scary part about this offense is, but the, he's just going to be coming to exactly off a little dump off. Yeah, basically. But I mean, as much as it's scary for us because we're going into unknown territory without seeing these guys that we've we've been so used to seeing over the last two three years as an opposing team, that's just as scary because you just have no idea how to prep for these guys. So it's, it goes both ways. Let's look at the defense for a little bit. Uh, any surprises that you saw from the defensive side? Um, why don't you go first on this one? And I'll take um, a, take for a me, look. for me, it's at safety. All right, there's no question about it. I mean, we saw Demario go out he's with out. a knee injury. No, he's out for the whole year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That so, sucks. but he's still listed as the starter here. Um, so. The question is now, who who's the one-two at that safety position? Then is it is it Vanderbilt and Rubenzer, or or do you move Jalen Hawkins over to the other safety spot? Because yeah, Griffin Pyatt retired as well, yeah, which retired. we didn't talk about. But I mean, it sucks. It sucks to see a guy have to medically retire. Um, but yeah there's no but to it i mean it just it just sucks to see a guy like that go um i know he's a local kid too he went to camp Alindo high school that's where my cousin goes to school out in moraga so um and he was i mean i remember was it two years ago that northwestern game where he had two picks and those picks were like ball hawk picks like he was those picks were on point and i had high hopes for him being maybe that that type of intercepting safety for us um but you know consecutive injuries and just couldn't recover and that's where it's at. Um, we have a lot of depth at the safety position. So even when losing Drew and Pyatt, I yeah. think we're, we're fine. It's amazing what Rubenzer, how talented that guy is. Yeah. There's a whole lot of athleticism in him. And then uh, Vanderbilt and Rambo is like my favorite player because of his length and he's just a real smart guy. Uh, and Hawkins coming over on the defensive side of the ball. And then Allensworth. The DBs are our best position, yeah. in my opinion. And you could and that was our knock two years ago, right? And last year to a certain degree as well. We just got a lot of length. <laughs> a lot of length. And we got faster. You know, we got a lot faster. We got a lot longer. And, you know, I think some of these guys will benefit from the fact that we're going to be playing a lot of nickel. Um, and with that, too, right, the nickel is Cameron Walker – is the starter with Trey Turner as his backup, and then Design Grace and Tardable and Cam Coleman. But I mean Trey Turner too. I think at long long term wise, I think he becomes that other safety as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, right now this, this is this is nuts. So you have Malik Psalms six two one eighty five. Then you have Rambo six three two zero five. You got Jalen who's six one two hundred. I mean, Darius for a corner, like 6'0", 190 is pretty solid. Nigel Edmonds, 6'0", 195. Yeah, like, there's... Do you remember Stevie? Yeah. 
Steve Lee's tiny. Yeah. He's tiny. He's fast. <laughs> He's really fast. He's really fast. But he was small. <laughs> These guys are the opposite of that. So it, the length, when, I, when we had that class, and I just remember it was Rambo and Malik Solomons for me. For whatever it was, those were the guys I was paying the most attention to. I was like, no one. It was like when Richard Sherman was really popular and all that. It's like these these guys have that body type. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that build of the long, lengthy. They don't need to be super fast or athletic or super fast, but they're just really good athletes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at the cornerback spot, um, and you look just reading through the entire list: Antoine Albert, Malik Solms, Travion Beck, Nigel Edmonds, Marlon Franklin. Uh, Chibuzo Nokocha, Darius Allensworth, Cameron Bynum, Josh Drayden, Ashton Davis, and A.J. Greathouse. That's pretty solid. I mean, like, just as I said with the running backs, you can go three deep at those two positions with one quarterback spot, Albert, Psalms, Beck, and, and I mean, even Edmonds too, right? Um, and then the other spot is Allensworth, Bynum, and Drayden. Like, that's a good solid six, seven guys, seven guy rotation at the cornerback spots. I'm fine with that. And looking at these names too, right? You like the names and years, I think is the key for me. Cause you have Antoine Albert as, as a senior, you have Malik Soms, red shirt, freshman, Travion Beck, Nigel Edmonds, both true freshmen. And then on the other side, Darius Allensworth as the red shirt junior, Cameron Bynum, Josh Drayden as the true freshman, Ashton Davis as the red shirt sophomore. That's a good amount of experience and youth all mixed in a little pairing it's just it's just it's just a solid group right because let's say you know after this year Antoine Albert's gone then Malik Soms if he takes over that spot is a redshirt sophomore the other guys are true true sophomores if they do play with Travion Beck and Nigel Edmonds like and yeah they'll probably see the field yeah I don't I don't doubt I mean Nigel Edmonds if you've seen his tape he's the guy we, who's he's the guy that we call Finn because he defected from Stanford and he's now with the light. He's no longer part of the dark. Um, but he is – he will play. I can guarantee you that. He will play. I mean, I just – I don't see his type of talent at the D, at the CB position just sitting on the bench, like right now. Um, of course, that can all change with fall camp. But for me, right now, as it is, just looking at his high school tape, he's playing without a doubt. Um, it seems that on the defensive side of the ball, there's far less – up in the air than on the offensive side of the ball. Which, Which is makes, weird to me. Really? You think so? Yeah. I mean, just because you would think that there would be more questions specifically because our defense has played not that great the last two years. You would think that you would give more opportunities for someone to just grab a hold of the starter position. But it does seem like, on at least defensively, the one-two at every single spot is pretty much done and dusted. Like, I don't, I don't see anyone challenging for the starter in the backup position at any any spot, um, you know the only the only couple of question marks is how many guys beyond the one two are going to get snaps, right? Is you know will we see you know at the the wide receiver X, <laughs> the, you know one of the one of the de- the defensive end positions? It's the starters Noah Westerfield, then you have Cameron Saffel, and then it says Russell Uday or Evan Weaver, and then Kennedy Amisebe, like Noah Noah and Saffel. Yeah, of course they're definitely going to see the field. Russell Uday, we all expected to be really good last year, but he didn't play at all. So now he's a redshirt freshman. And then, of course, Evan Weaver, Mr. Football of the Year in Washington. Like, I mean, he he himself says that his game is molded after J.J. Watt. And if you see his tape, 
that's what it looks like. And I don't know how you keep that type of personality. Or I don't, uh, let me take that back. I don't see how you take that type of gameplay and talent, like that mentality, and keep it off the field. Like in, you, you try to incorporate him into getting some pass rush time to develop as much as possible, right? Um, I mean, just look at his. I'm I'm like just amazed that Evan Weaver just some of the stuff he does, but you know, six three two forty five. That's and he like. Uh, there was a something something about his uh, like a sprint that he did. It was like twelve seconds or twelve or fourteen seconds. Um, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the length or the like the length of the dash, but I do remember reading it and going, "No way, <laughs> no way." Um, so his explosions there, speeds raw speed is there. We'll see if he gets the play, you know. And then you look at the other positions at the defensive line spot, you know, defense tackle James Looney, Luke Beckett. That's like. That's the one-two, and we all expected that. We look at the other defensive tackle spots, uh, Tony McCary and Marks Manley. We all expected that. We look at the other defensive end spot is Devontae Wilson and Zeande Johnson. We all expected that. Like, it's weird having like so much security on the defensive side of the ball, even though we didn't play that well last year. I guess that's. I guess if you reanalyze it, that's actually a scarier part, right? If there's no changes to the defense, if we were... Suit kind of bad last year. I think we're still thin in. I don't. I think we have the only place I really love our depth is on is at the DV position. Yeah, and then I think are at the the line defensive line. I think it's it's not bad. Top heavy. Yeah, but not as bad as linebacker where it's kind of like if any linebacker goes down, then we're really yeah. I mean, let me just read this through for the people listening. Is At the Sam spot, it's Tongalava and Kanazic. Kanazic hasn't even played a snap for us ever because he's a junior trans, uh, JC transfer. Um, but Tongalava is a redshirt sophomore, and Kanazic is a, just a sophomore. Uh, and at the Mike position, it's Downs and Hamilton Anoy, um, and they're both juniors. And then at the Will position, it's Raymond Davison, who's a redshirt junior. Um, and then, of course, a safety-turned linebacker and Darren Brown as his backup. A, right, a true junior, like I, I don't, I don't know how to make of, what to make of this linebacking position. One thing is for sure: if you look at the, if you look at those six guys, right, the top two at every position, we are very athletic. They are very athletic. They are very long, and they are very fast. Um, Tongalova six six foot two twenty five. Kanazic six three two thirty five. Devontae Downs, 6'3", 250. Hamilton Anoy, 6'2", 250. Raymond Davison, 6'2", 225. Darren Brown, 6'1", 205. Darren Brown will grow. Yeah, he's going to put on weight. He's going to put on weight, that's for sure. But right now, he's at 205. I don't know. Do our, do our, does our coverage skills drop? Uh, but our, our takedown speed and our athleticism to ball hawk get better? Does our coverage get worse? But our ability to create turnovers get better. Like I, I don't know how to make what to make of like just the athleticism at this position, just because we haven't seen a lot of these guys take the field in a while. If we can, if we can tackle and avoid injuries, yeah, then we're okay. But I can't help but fight that feeling that we, we are susceptible to getting mauled by a bigger, more physical team. physical offensive line, which is of course Stanford. Yeah. The Stanfords, the Utahs, um, the SCs, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think we have a good chance of beating UCLA this year because we get them at home. Yeah. And there's just this weird magic that happens <laughs> in Memorial Stadium we'll when be playing UCLA, UCLA comes down. We should have won that game a couple years ago, uh, that garbage call. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, I mean, the thing when we played UCLA the last two years, they've looked really big to me, too. Yeah. But then we played them so well the first year, I thought we'd play them better this past season. Well, in this past season, too, we were in the game at halftime as well. At UCLA? Yeah. We were were we down like I thought we were down like multiple touchdowns already. We were down I think we were down by two scores, but I don't think it was by much. I think the only reason was the momentum totally shifted their way after their kicker made that like fifty something yarder going into halftime, and that just totally took everything out of our team. Like we were just done, um, and I think that was after coming from Thanksgiving weekend. I think that's what it was, um, or no this year. This last yeah. year? No, no, no. We played UCLA right after the Utah game. Uh, and, and that was during... Uh, we played them on Thursday. I believe that week was midterms. Oh, yeah. And that's and that's why a lot of... That's what a lot of people attributed to just the the total grogginess of the team and just the feel of that you got from some of the players and how they looked looked and felt exhausted. Um, was It was midterm season, and it hmm. was just... It was bad. Um, and plus, it was a weeknight game, too. Yeah, Thursday, right? Exactly. There's a short yeah. short turnaround from that monster yeah, of a game. Utah game. Utah game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I look at this defense and I say we're athletic, we're fast, we're going to create turnovers. But the question is, can we make just the regular solid plays that we need to? You know, it's, if it's – Yeah, it's that bend, not break. Exactly. Like, it's, we'll create – you know, we'll maybe we'll get, like, three – three or three turnovers, maybe two or three turnovers every game. But the only question is on all the other plays that we do, when we're third and five or when we're third and three and they're, they're about to make a run, you know, can we, can we tackle? If it's that was first, the FC game last year. Exactly. If it's first and ten and the guy goes through the first layer of the defense, can our linebackers and can our DBs tackle to get it to second and seven or second and six? Like, it, that's, that's pretty much what it stands at. And that's the big question mark for me is can we limit those plays? Because I think that's the place we struggled the most last year, especially. I know a lot of Cowboys were so We miss Nickerson. Yeah. A lot with this depth chart. Yeah. You know? If we had him, I think I'd feel a little bit better about it. There are still a couple plays, though, against SC that he had those tackles and he missed them right up in the field. That, too. And he... I can't help but remember just some of the bad angles he took on some tackles throughout his career, especially last year. I can't even name them, but I just distinctly remember just the angles he took on certain tackles, and I go, oh, my gosh. Like, he's going to get blown by on that one. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's take a look back at the offense. Uh, do you have any disappointments? Any guys you thought might be higher but have dropped um, a little bit? Anything mm. from disappointment size? No. No? Um, no, not really. I mean, there's no one here that I think I'm... Noah would be my one. Yeah. He, I, thought, I thought he was taller. <laughs> I don't know why I thought he was taller than that. I thought he was 6'3". I don't know. Maybe it's a typo, too, because, I mean, <laughs> they said the defensive ends were yeah. wide receivers. So. I, I did, like, but maybe it was Kobayashi that I was confusing because yeah. Kobayashi is 6'3". Um, no, not really. I think everyone here, like, Austin Aaron's pretty low, and I had really high expectations for him. Harbaugh yeah. was coming into town to recruit him back when he just accepted at Michigan, so yeah. I thought he could be, you know, he's 6'4", he's a tall guy, yeah. and 
I, I mean, he's only a redshirt freshman, so. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got time. He's, he's got, got plenty yeah. of time. There's no one. I mean, the uh, it's interesting to see Viramontes uh, listed at quarterback versus linebacker. Yeah. Because the rumors were that he was going to shift over. Yeah. And then uh, Davis Webb not being the starter is also just an interesting tidbit yeah. of information considering how much hype he's had. I saw your Facebook post today. Yeah. I right. mean, it's pretty much just a – it's a mind game thing, right? At the same time, I think it's more of a, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I don't know Sonny Dykes to be such a showmanship type of guy, but at the same time, like, you know, you, you say he's the starter right now, then teams are going to start to prep for him specifically. Um, and, you know, it's just a little gamesmanship of just trying to, to mask it. But I mean, but at the same time, like who knows if the Bowers or Forrest or Gilliam just decides to explode over fall camp, in those first couple of weeks, it might not be Webb being the starter. Um, but for now, all signs point to Webb being the starter. So that's, I mean, for me, the disappointments, there are a couple of wide receivers that are lower, but I can't argue for them because of the guys that are above them, right? Like, as you said, you know, we just talked about Noah, and you have Jack Austin, VC, and Hudson above him. You can't argue that those guys deserve or are worse than Noah. Like, you look at uh, the wide receiver Z position, you have Jordan Duncan as the third wide receiver. And I saw him at spring ball, and he's amazing. But you can't say that he should be ahead in the depth chart above Chad Hansen and Carlos Strickland. Like, (laughs) so, I mean, my only disappointment is that I can't name a disappointment. It's yeah, on the I offense. I have more on the defensive side. Of yeah, that. and let's move over to the defense. Do you have any disappointments on the defensive side? Yes, I did. Why is AJ Greyhouse so low? <laughs> I thought he was good last year. I mean, not not like stand out really good, but I didn't think he was play like, snaps, but not the starter. Yeah, That's I what thought he'd be above Ashton Davis. For oh, me, well. I don't know if it's a disappointment. I guess it's more of a surprise. Caleb Coleman being so low in the Nickelback because he played quite a bit last year. He played quite a bit of snaps. But the fact that he's fifth, like he's the last, he is the last guy at that position. That's what kind of is what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, I can't think of any other disappointments. Um, I mean, I I actually thought Noah Westerfield might not be the starter at the defensive end position. I thought it might actually be Saffle. Um but I'm not disappointed in that because um, I I. Want Noah to be good, um, and he should. He has all the tools to be good. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has all the tools to be good. And I, that defensive end position and that rotation is going to be something fun to watch. Because the first four guys on that, actually all five guys: Westerfield, Saffel, Uday, Weaver, and Misibi, all are athletic. All can have potential, but it's just a matter of reaching that potential. I think the starter guy is cemented as as soon as. Someone shows signs of getting towards that potential. I think that's like it has it. You know, you of course give it to Noah because he is the junior. He's the he's the elder statesman of that group. But you know, if if Saffel just explodes, I mean, the only reason you know he was a little hurt was because you know he had previous knee injuries lagging from high school coming over. So if he reaches his potential, then hello. Um, but I mean, can you imagine that one-two punch? Like, 
in a couple years or in you know next year or the year after of Cameron Saffold and Evan Weaver, the two Washington products, just that one-two punch at the defensive end, just running after and destroying uh, opposing quarterbacks and running backs. Like I can already see it happening. I can already I can already picture Josh Rosen being tackled to the ground. Um, but yeah, back to, back to earth we go. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really good. Yeah. Um, do you? Do you have any expected changes to see? Do you have any? Is there any position that you expect to see, you know, flips or just changes in the depth chart? I mean, quarterback, of course, right? Center, center, yeah, and right guard, and right guard. Oh, you expect a change in right guard? That's what I wrote about, man. <laughs> That's what I thought. So, I gotta stick with my gut on that one. I wouldn't be surprised to see any of these receivers hop up. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these DBs all yeah. switch spots too. I mean, Nigel Edmonds didn't come into spring ball, so if he comes in, I think – I'm not saying he will, but I'm just saying he has the ability to leapfrog some of these guys and, and try to grab hold of one of the cornerback spots. Because you look at his look at his measurables. At six, six foot 195, like he's already – He's already a bigger set guy than Travion, um, and they're in the same class. Granted, Travion's 5'10 and 165. You know, Malik Soms is 6'2, 185. Uh, Antoine Albert's 6'1, 190. So if he, if he has the athletic ability that we've seen in his tape and that converts easily to the college game, then I think he has the, ability, the athletic ability to take over that spot easy, that cornerback spot. But I mean, I'm. I'm I'm rooting for Travion. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, the guy bleeds blue and gold. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, I can't think of any other positions that I see maybe leapfrogs happening. Um, I bet I bet Luke's could end up starting over Vanderbilt. Yeah, it could be there. I mean, I think that starting position does for up for grabs now, especially with you know now knowing that True will be out for the season. Hopefully, he's back um, and is able to play next year and gets. You know, you medically clear, medically, yeah, right, medically medical clear. Insurance. Yeah, but if he does, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him starting next year. Um, that just gives us another bit of experience to play on the back end, and then you know. So yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for the depth chart. Um, you know, as we said, there's about five weeks left in the season. So starting now, we'll be going into you know little previews of you know units, um, and then also we'll start start looking at the schedule and previewing uh, certain parts of the teams or games that we're excited about and you know yeah that <laughs> and that all that good stuff all right moving on uh, moving to some basketball talk Jalen Brown uh, summer league is now officially over and Jalen Brown finished on the all summer league second team Yay! pretty good pretty good pretty good I mean uh Let's yeah, that you post that fan shot. I watched that like five times. Yeah, that he the destruction of that the dunk, dunk was amazing. Yeah, that dunk was a destruction of a dunk. Um, let's just look at some of his stats. I mean, you look at the per game stats. Uh, he played one game in Salt Lake City, then he played five games five games in Las Vegas. He took on average twelve field goal attempts, and he made four. Not that great. Just like college. Yep. Uh, you know, and his three point percentage was two two seven. His regular field goal percentage was three two four. Terrible. Um, but his free throw percentage was at seventy percent, which is better than what we expected of him. Um, so, 
that was good to see. But the guy was great. I mean, he averaged, I think, 16 points a game uh, during the duration of uh, Summer League. And he also got, you know, six rebounds a game. So 16.6 rebounds a game, most of them coming from free throws. So, I don't know. He attempted 10 free throws a game. That was his, that was his average. 10 free throws a game, you average 16... 10 free throw attempts, you average 16 points per game, and six rebounds. That's not bad for, for a rookie. Um, granted, that field goal percentage definitely could get better and will get better. Um, but for now, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at this going, I mean, he, he attempted 22 threes throughout the duration of Summer League. He made five. He attempted 74 field goals during Summer League. He made 24. Yeah, not great. Not great. Not great at all. But, I mean, there's hope, right? I mean, you look, if you watch the Summer League games, you can definitely tell he got better every game. He was reading the game better. He was trusting his teammates around him better. I think the bigger thing, as we talked about with Shinsuke last week was, or two weeks ago, was that, one, he wasn't going to be playing with a lot of these guys that he was playing with on the Summer League team. So you could you can't gain that the reps with the turn, certain teammates and the trust that you're going to gain by playing with the teammates that you'll be playing in an 82-game season. But at the same time, you know, he wasn't trying to force his, force his game. You know, you saw him pass up a lot. You know, when he saw his opportunity to drive, that's what he did. And granted, he drove, and he didn't make a lot of the layups that he drove, you know, to the, when he drove to the basket. But the, the potential's there. The ability, like you saw that dunk, and his quote was, um, I may be butchering this quote, but he said, I realize some of these guys can't jump as high as I can jump, which is why he's going to be dunking over people. It's a really good realization. <laughs> I mean, you can take a lot of confidence into that yeah. and get more confident on the court. And If that's where your, it's that, if that's where your game first starts, you know, if you realize, okay, the first, the first place that I'm going to grow in terms of as a player and just use my strong suits is the ability to dunk over people and to dunk above, like get up above the rim. Then all, by all means, get, get and do that. Like just, that's where your confidence starts. If that starts falling, then who knows? Maybe your confidence leads to maybe more layups falling and getting more and ones. He reminds me of Jason Richardson kind of. He does. You know, if Jason Richardson ended up developing a really nice shot from deep, and if he could do that, which I saw in that Isaiah Thomas video, I think he could be a really a kind of that type, a very nice, uh, athletic type guard, small forward that can hit from deep. That's very valuable. And we don't really talk enough probably about the defensive contributions. Yep. And I think that's where his potential lies heard that he hasn't reached it yet i mean he got i mean when he played ben simmons he got blown up on certain plays but he did also in ingram really well yeah, right but he also came up and blocked uh, ben simmons on a drive attempt too cuz he he has the quickness to be able to recover and then go for those blocks so i think the key, the key is you know he's going to a team with one heck of a coach and if that coach can just just put it into him to say one thing at a time, right? You know, let's let's set your first goal as, you know, let's get your field goal percentage. You know, let's not take mid-range jumpers. Let's just try and get to the rim, get to the free throw line. Let's 
maintain like an 80% free throw percentage or 85% free throw percentage and and get, you know, a couple of and ones and that's where we'll start from. And then we'll increase it and let's work on your mid-range game while we're doing that. We'll incorporate that into your game. Like if you take the certain steps like that and explain to them because the kid is like a he's a mental kid, right? He that's how he learns. He's he's very intellectual and that's he likes to ask why, why we're doing this drill, why this drill is necessary, like why I need to do this in this play. Like he needs to know all that. Um, so if you can explain that to him and he understands it fully, and that's and he puts that into work and on the court, he has all the tools already to succeed. Like, that's not even a question. And he has as I said, one of the best coaches in basketball do it, to do that. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, it's it's sad that we won't be seeing him here. We'll see him plenty. We'll see, yeah. I will be at that first Celtics-Warriors game. I will be there, as as pricey as that will be. That's going to cost you a pretty, pretty penny. Yeah. Pretty that, penny. I don't know. It's not a premier game. Well, I, I looked at tickets for last year. It was like a well over 100. But it depends if it's a weekday or weekend too, right? True. Yeah. So if it's like a Tuesday night, who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. So that wraps it up for Jalen. Uh, one bit of recruiting news for basketball. It's Wendell Carter, who's a five-star power forward in the class of 2017, he has us in his final eight. Good news. And basketball, also... Basketball's been killing it. And also, Ira Lee, who's the four-star um, gem... I think he's the guy that our guys... Korean gem. Half Korean gem. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. He retweeted my tweet the other day. I tweeted it. I'm saying, if he commits to Cal, he gives me one reason to fly a Korean flag at the stadium every game. Every game. And he retweeted it. Um, and I will. If he, does, if he does come to Cal, every home game I go to, I will have a Korean flag. Whether it be small or big, like, I'll have one to wave. Please get a small one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll wear a big one as like a cape. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Um, I like that. But I think you should go one <laughs> one game with the small and one game with the cape. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that would be. I mean this this seventeen class. You know how we had a lot of hype with the whole Ivan and Jalen coming and and the the hype coming into that. Like, are they both going to come? Like, what's going to happen? And we were all anxious and antsy about it. This twenty seventeen class might be like five times that. <laughs> Easy, easy. Um, the amount of big name guys and the amount of like talented guys we're after and we're in the hunt for, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I mean, with Marcus Lee too, also because he won't be playing this year, but he'll be playing next year. It's we are like having a new recruit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's so sweet, you know. So that wraps it up uh, for all our mainstream talk. Uh, we have one question from a fan today uh, to talk about before we end. Um, it's from uh, John. I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Hague. H A A G. Is it Hague? You think it's Hague? Hog? Hague? I think it's Hague. I think it has to be Hague. I'm with you. All right. Hey, Rob and Andy. Calgrad12 here. Great work with Bearcast thus far. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you listen. I'm glad you still listen. That's, that's, I think that's the weird thing, right? Yeah, I'm agree. glad you still listen. I agree. <laughs> Uh, with football still too too far off, not not too far off anymore. Um, I still think I started thinking about uniforms and potential alts, mainly football, when UA takes over next year. I'm of the opinion that as long as we don't go full Oregon, let's throw in some alternate unit unis that the players will think are cool. Plus, hopefully, help with some recruiting. 
Back to our branding issue with Cal versus Berkeley and recent events stemming from a certain article. I, I think having some academic themed games with Berkeley on the uniforms would be great. You know, I, I don't think that's a bad idea either. Yeah, that's uh, a really cool idea. Throw in some Fiat Lux uh, gloves that form the star on, say, their gate when put together. I recall some previous CGB comments or articles when the UA News broke about the Joe Roth unis and Block C. Um, those would be good as well. What would you two see, like to see as potential alternate uniforms for football? Thanks, and go Bears. What do you think? Got any thoughts Very on this? Very nice message. Uh, man, if you're talking about the 07 Joe Ross, oh. I did not like those. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a big fan of them. I wasn't a big fan of the old 07 Joe Roth. I think, yeah, I agree with that. The Berkeley comment is really a right. very insightful one. Yeah. Um, being able to put that on the uniform, uh, it's weird when you go out on the East Coast and how many people know the name Berkeley versus knowing the name Cal. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for that. I think UA, I, look, I will also probably get a reaction out of for this. I didn't mind the Maryland State uniform like when they – debuted that um, Mer- yeah. oh the one with the flag the yeah. checkered no I'm, I'm I'm I would thought that was cool too yeah I like really liked it and they it's, got a lot of backlash they did but full Oregon to me I'm always been jealous of Oregon's jerseys and they get to roll that one every week and my buddy Stefan would just continue to come up oh yeah we're gonna get a new jersey day what you guys got now well, going with the white and blues you know something like that um, so alternate uniforms I'd like to see something like I wouldn't mind doing around the state flag but then how do you balance Cal's colors into that Yeah. Um, without it seeming like too UCLA-like? So, yeah. uh, man. I mean, but the bigger thing is, right, like with Oregon, you had the, their jerseys where it's like black and pink. I would take those. Those were dope. Exactly. Those have nothing. Oh, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like it had nothing to do with oh, their yeah, true, school true, colors. True. And it looked nice. Um, so <laughs> Good point. Really good point. Yeah. Right? So I think working it in, if, it's, if it looks nice and they work it in somehow, that's fine. Um, Dude, I'd love to see the big uh, Campanile on the helmet or something sick. Like, redesign the helmet. Yeah, that'd be and, cool. Like, you know all those... Have you seen that? When they take, like, designers and they redesign all the NFL helmets? Yes. Can we yeah. get one of those designers just to do that for us? I'm sure Berkeley's got plenty of design grads. No. <laughs> you're out there, design grads. Let's see you, some mock-ups. Really? I mean, you could you could put it out, you know, with... you know. Do we have a graphic design department at our school? I don't know if we do. Maybe the... Maybe the, the architecture? No, not the architecture. Um, Between graphic and the UX, UI, or visual design side yeah. and web. Literally thing. literally just put out like a contest. That'd be sweet. And all you, you wouldn't even need to pay these kids, right? You would just say, your name will be full plastered saying that you're the person that designed this. I'd say that's a pretty good resume builder for any guy. <laughs> like if you're if any guy or gal that's that, that gets that. And your name is like you can write that on your resume when you're. I designed the Cal football helmets for this particular game. Those helmets I designed. By the way, did I mention I designed those helmets for that Cal football game? <laughs> you know, did you mention my resume was just <laughs> one big helmet? <laughs> just bring that helmet. Just bring that helmet to your to your uh, interview. Just drop it. Um, for me personally, I'm. You know, I'm all for the neutral ones, the neutral colored ones. Like I, you know, a lot of people don't like the grays. A lot of people don't like the 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 stormtrooper looks that we had a couple of years back. I love the stormtrooper. I'm I'm all for that. Um, I'm all for the I'm all for getting. You know, like you know, I, I hate being jealous of UCLA, but 
their black uniform with the blue letter and the gold so outline sick. looks nice. Yeah. Looks nice, so right? Mm-hmm. With the black helmets too. Like it just mm-hmm. looks nice. Um, and borrowing some of what Utah debuted or like had last year against us, right there under under yeah. Our, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought theirs were pretty dope. They did yeah. a really good job with that. Anything along those lines would be. I mean, it seems like with every single one of the UA ones, they tend to – it's not just a cookie-cutter one. You know, the jersey shape might be cookie-cutter because it's, it's, it has to fit over a shell. But, you know, the, the Utah ones, you know, it had the Rocky Mountains on the side. And then it had the – it kind of had like that – I don't know. I, maybe I'm being uh, like really weird by saying this, but it, like a Native American type of – Like an arrow? It wasn't an arrow. It was more like a pattern. It was like a, two lines with like the little oh, diamonds, the yeah, 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 the Aztec type of design on it. I don't know if that has anything to do with the state of Utah, but and we know the mountains do. Um, but that, I think that for me that was a good look, right? You incorporate something that's a part of that region, a part of that school, that's very symbolic, and you you incorporate it into there. I don't know. Um, I'm for me, you know, of course the Warriors are right down the street. Um, and on their jersey, they have the Bay Bridge incorporated into their jersey. Would it be cool to see maybe the Bay Bridge incorporated into ours? You know, would it be too much of a steal? You know, like stealing aspect of it? Just because. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Stanford didn't think of it. It's ours. Yeah. <laughs> I it's, mean, it was ours first. I mean, the colors are similar too, right? Um, I mean, technically, Stanford isn't even near the Bay Bridge. It's not. So we could at least claim the new Bay Bridge. They could make a picture of their fountain or something on their jersey. Like, who knows? Uh, but Maybe a palm tree. Yeah. But I would like to see those neutral colors. I, I, I would like to see a white one. I would like to see, a, uh, I don't know, maybe we can take the grays out, but a black one would be cool. Um, I still, I mean, we've dropped so far down from what we were used to seeing. Right. Um, I know when we were in college, when we used to go to the students, I, this is a, this is a side topic off of the uniforms, but we used to go to the student store, right? And you would see the, the, the gold unis, you would see the blue ones, you'd see the white ones, you'd see the yellow ones all up for sale with all different numbers and just you'd be able to buy it. Now it's just the blue one and only number just 16. Um, yeah. Like I had... Uh, I have a Follett in gold. Exactly. I have a Follett in gold, too. Yeah, my dad, the Shane, blue. I have a Keenan blue. You Keenan blue? Yeah. Keenan blue is sick. Yeah, I have That's a blue a sick jersey. Blue Javid. Do you have blue Javid? Yeah. I have this um, old gold uh, jersey that I've been wearing for, like, I don't know, 17 years. Yeah. I've had it for so long because I grew up in the Bay. Yeah. And it just says UC Berkeley on the back. <laughs> it's just one of those generic ones. <laughs> yeah. I've worn that to more games. No. It probably doesn't fit me anymore, but yeah, I wore that for like 17. I wore it all the way through college. Um, I wore, oh, I bought the Joe Roth jersey. Did you? Yeah, I did. The I one did. that I just, cl- that yep. I didn't like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just because, I mean, the only reason I bought it was that I kind of felt like it was like a limited edition, like a special edition type. So I think at some point I'm probably going to frame it and just put it up in like a, like a man cave just yeah. on the wall. Like that would look nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would like to see different variations and it be more accessible to fans. Definitely. Um, as much as it is cool to see just like one Jersey that everyone's wearing to Memorial stadium, the old vibe, you know, that you saw of like someone wearing a fall at one, someone wearing a job at one, someone wearing a Keenan one, someone wearing a old Aaron Rodgers or old Marshawn one. Like it, it was good to see. We right. had a lot of superstars. We had a lot of talent. We did. We did have a lot of numbers and the ability to do that. Um, 
So that could happen this year, though. That could. As we reflect back on those positional battles and the depth chart yep. and that it's all over the map, there's going to be there's going to have to be new faces that step up. We yep. got two at the running back position, maybe three. Kyle Fani, like I can never sleep on him. Yeah, he's always good. Yeah, he was so good last year. And remember um, that Texas run? Yeah, unreal, <laughs> unreal. Yeah, and then uh, quarterback position, uh, Davis Webb. Yeah, I, I wonder mean, if oh, you could like make a pretty good case here though. Like, whose jersey are they going to roll out with? Exactly. Will they just keep it at sixteen just because it's one? It's it's the Cal football twenty sixteen year, mm-hmm. and it's just it's the last year with Nike, so might as well just. Just do that one more year, you know. I wouldn't mind, you know, if it's just one more year. I'm fine with that. I feel uh, like every time I come in here, we talk about gear. And I'm like, shit, I gotta go get some more cow gear. <laughs> and I have so much cow gear. Me too. Oh lord. I mean, I'm wearing a cow basketball shirt, um, but I have a hole under my left armpit. Like it's just it's it's growing by the day. But you know, you have a t-shirt to replace that with. I do, but this is—I've worn the shirt so much, and you know where it gets to that point where the shirt's so like thin and comfortable, like just because you've worn it so much, it's at that stage. Ah, uh, right. Can't, can't let that go. Can't, can't let it go. Can't let it go. Maybe two more holes, and I'll throw it away. All right. But for now, I'm I'm at a, I'm at a good point. But <laughs> you know, back to the point at hand. I I don't know um, the block C helmet, you know, that they wore with the Joe Roth unis, like the throwbacks, like those are cool. Um, you know, personally, at some point, you know, what would be really cool is maybe once a year, pick a random uniform out of the Cal just history and wear that. Like if you go way back too far, then it's just the standard like blue. It's like a blue T-shirt with like yellow pants, but like a sweater almost. Yeah, but I'm saying maybe up until like the the Tom Homo days, like just probably up until that point, and just go from there and just pick any year's uniforms or any like uniform from that. Because I know you know uh, inside Memorial Stadium uh, downstairs when they bring the recruits in and stuff next to the TV room, you know how they have all the helmets set up right of every single helmet change quote-unquote, that they've had. It'd be cool to see that helmet, like, with that uniform, with the players worn. Like, you know, just a random one, like the, you know, 1992 uniform or, like, the, I don't know when they switched. I'm just arbitrarily pulling out years here. Uh, But, like, the 2002 uniform, you know? Like, it's just, I think it'd be nostalgic for a lot of people. And it would be nice to see. You know, the the old Marshawn jerseys, you know, in the old, the the Tedford days with the the yellow lines down the side, like, those are nice. You know, wear that once. I always wanted the 24 Marshawn jersey. This is freshman year jersey. Uh, before he switched over to the 10. 10. Yeah. So sick. But I, ha- I have that actual 10 jersey, the one that has the name on the back, too. Really? Yeah. Because funny thing is, uh, our freshman year, they sold these jerseys on Pac-12, or Pac-10.com. The actual Nike one with the name on it. They had Marshawn and they had a Rogers one. They have they had one. So you, do you remember there's that sandwich spot that we used to do like three dollars and twenty five cent sandwiches. It's like as you were going, oh my god, what is the name? You go across from Yopo, Yogurt Park, uh-huh. and it's, oh cheese and stuff. Yeah, cheese and stuff. So you oh, know that alleyway yeah, yeah, yeah. underneath the park. Oh, Joyce, Joyce, the T-shirt shop. Yeah, right next to right that jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the one with the name on it. Yeah, and I was like, I should buy that. And then I, my broke college self said, Yeah, maybe when you have sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish I did. Uh, it's it's pretty dope. So they used to have the names on it is when we were in college? No, no, no. So they were already gone by then, right? So oh, it was just yeah. like a, it was like a 
it was like a Pac-12 Legends or Pac-10 Legends jersey, like a like a throwback type. Wow. You know, like those Mitchell and Ness jerseys That's how they, they get have. Away with it, huh? Yeah, because they're no longer a part of the Pac-12 or the Pac-10. Um, but they don't sell those anymore. But you know, for all those people that are looking for these jerseys, you can easily look up like Cal Aaron Rodgers on Google. And you can find like Chinese bootleg versions of it um, easily, like for twenty four bucks and stuff. And I know that's a lot of people have those. Um, and I might purchase a Rogers one at some point with eight. Um, but you know, um, they already have a Kenny Lawler one. I looked it up the other day, and I tweeted it at Kenny, and he replied back to me. He's like, "Is this real?" And I was like, "I don't know. Apparently." <laughs> Because you click, like, you know, NCAA, NCAA, and then you click Cal Bears, and then you click, you know, football. And, you know, when you go to basketball, it's like Jason Kidd, right? Or, like, Kevin Johnson or, or Sharif Abdurrahim. But then you click football, and that's Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch, Deshaun Jackson. And then all of a sudden, at the very bottom, there's two Kenny Lawler ones. That's awesome. <laughs> I think he was just as shocked. I think maybe, maybe he bought one just to see what it looked like. Um, but... You know, I know I, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, for sure, we're going to see the, the regular color schemes for these jerseys. I just want to see some, as he said, the alternates go not too flashy. Like, I don't want to go the, the total Oregon route um, and go like for the highlight greens and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, for the UCLA, like the blacks, you know, that looks nice. Um, I'm all for that. Uh, one thing, one more thing I'll say is the one helmet in the Pac-12 that I was always jealous about were the Oregon State ones. Just um, the beaver? No, I the, the color scheme of the helmet where it's black and then they have the orange and white mm. lines that run all the way through the face mask, all the way down. Those are... That's what I thought was cool was because you never see paint on the, the face masks. But the three lines that go from the back of the helmet all the way to the front run straight through, all the way through the face masks. So that was a cool little... It's like a cool little design thing, right? Because you don't really need to paint it that far, but they just did, and it just looks kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, maybe go with one of the, like, a matte color. I think that'd be cool. Just a flat black or, like, a flat blue, non-shiny. I like those yeah. a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, like, those would be cool to see in a night game. Just the matte, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what Under Armour um, brings out. I mean... The big thing for me with this Under Armour deal is, you know how everyone was upset about UA with UCLA, but they're claiming us to be their flagship school? Let's see how that works out. Um, I think that's that's a key talking point, I think, for a lot of people going into next season, especially with this deal, is they claim that we're the flagship school, but they're paying UCLA more money, right? Which means, in turn, will they spend more attention on us, right, in terms of these jerseys, or just because they're going to implement like the internships and the, the flagship store somewhere on campus and all that stuff. Like, is that taking away from their maybe design and innovation part in terms of what's going to be on the field versus UCLA? They're not considering their flagships. They won't maybe not have like an Under Armour store on campus and so on, but because they're paying them more, will they pay more attention to how they look on the field? Will they, will they give more thought into the design process? I think Under Armour is small enough still. And they're up against such a big opponent in this, too. I mean, Adidas, too. Like, yeah. They're up against two major opponents in the space. They're not big enough to be able to, to be able to... Tier, tier case, their clients? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think they really need to focus on maximizing each market. 
And once again, like this tech market and where we're at and the potential that Sunny Dykes saw in Cal and what we all see in Cal is to be the flagship school for the entire Bay Area because yep. we are a public institution versus the private institution that resides Some other in schools South are. Bay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that is an opportunity you don't pass up on, um, specifically because even then you're still competing with Nike just, just looking over at Stanford. Yep. So... I don't think they would. Uh, just from a pure business sense, I don't think they're big enough to, to do that. To yet. do that, like Nike can do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, from if you're if you're a sneakerhead, or you have that start, um, you know that UA has been poaching a lot of designers from Nike and Adidas, um, and they've been moving on um, into Under Armour. So who knows where that takes them? I uh, bought Under Armour shoes, but they're ugly. I wore them like twice. They are ugly and i can't keep putting them on because i'm like just regular under armor running shoes yeah yeah they're just not good looking yeah but the only, the only um, ones i've been wearing are my curry twos but nice those are comfortable yeah. um they they actually are really comfortable so you know curry twos and cal colors would be pretty cool i mean but that's basically the warriors colors so i'm kind of like yeah well <laughs> time to convert rob <laughs> that i can't do that my team has so much promise in the future um who has more promise than the warriors well the warriors are already <laughs> favorites the warriors there's no promise there the only the only downside of the warriors now is failure that's the only side of the warriors you have because it's isn't that true isn't it isn't it as a fan now isn't it isn't it championship or bust with this team i hate that expectation but isn't that the expectation it's probably the expectation. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they made it... I just it, don't like it. Exactly. I think that it assumes championship. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's championship for, or bust for everyone. Like, Not for the Lakers. It's, it's playoff or bust. <laughs> or top three pick or bust. So funny. <laughs> if, if you had told me this in 2007, that I'd be sitting next to a Lakers fan, and they'd be telling me We'd be the, that it's, it's not the total championship opposite. or bust. Yeah, and I'd be sitting there as a Warriors fan who was like, 2007 was nice, but then... Obviously, after that, we were terrible. I'd be like, yeah, it is playoffs. It's funny. It's funny. That's what it is. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, Just before we end, I know I'm going to talk about this for a little bit, is, you know, there's odds have been released for certain games and certain leagues and stuff like that. I think Cal is 20 to 1 to win the Pac-12. Better than last year. That's not bad at all. Uh, But then, you know, I, if I remember correctly, I think we were thirty-five and one winning the Pac-12 last year. Yeah, I, I bet on that. Yeah, Nam tweeted out that we, I think, uh, it's like some, it's like seventy-two or is it seventy-two? Some type of odd that San Diego State has over us at San Diego State. Uh, yeah, we're uh, favored to lose. Or yeah, we're not favored. We're not favored. We're not favored by. Yeah, we're the underdog. I think. Yeah. yeah, underdog by three at San Diego State. That's a pretty good bet to take. If I were a betting man. That's what I said. <laughs> um, so, yeah, right? I mean, if, you're in the, if you're in the Vegas vicinity listening to this, I'd say, you know, take a couple bets. <laughs> um, we should go down for that game. When is that San, game? The San Diego State game. Oh, let's look that up. Yeah. I'm always down to go to San Diego. Just talking about my favorite ramen place. Yeah, we just talked about that over dinner. Um, all right. But Podcast from San Diego. <laughs> right I get there. to take off, take off work for that, right? <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, all right, uh, that wraps it up for us. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with a preview on some positional group that we have yet to decide. 
Uh, we have also some things coming up in the future. Uh, we're potentially looking into maybe um, doing another uh, doing a show from Marshawn Lynch's store. Uh, we're looking into that. So maybe we'll do that live. Maybe we'll record live and we'll tell people when we're recording so people can stop by, see us, and stop by and get stuff from the Beast Monster. Who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll talk to questions. the Live questions? Exactly. Live questions. That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, we're looking into that. And uh, as always, if you have any questions or comments, please get at us at cgbbearcast.gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Rob11HWNG. Um, you can't find any Andy anywhere. He's an international man of mystery. It's like, where is Carmen San Diego, basically? Um, or where's Waldo? I think it's more where's Waldo than it is Carmen San Diego. Right? I've been known to wear stripes, but not red. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, um, all our stuff is up there. I, I have a, Andy has some stuff written right now that's going up about the football team. I have some stuff going up right now about basketball scouting reports. Um, so take a look at that. Of course, our website, CaliforniaGoldenBlocks.com. That's probably where you're listening to this right now. Unless you're subscribed on iTunes, and if you aren't, if you are subscribed on iTunes, of course, please rate us, comment us, please comment good things, um, and rate us five stars. We're at ten reviews and a five star rating. So, I think the next goal. What do you think the next goal should be? Twenty reviews, twenty reviews, and still five stars. Four point eight. Four point eight. Yeah, we'll drop it a little bit. Yeah, four point eight. Four point eight with twenty reviews. That's that's our next goal. So, if championship you can, or bust. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast championship or bust. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, see so if you can um, help us out in that aspect. That'd be great. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it. Why? You tell the story. Why? You tell the whole damn world. This is bad territory. You know it. Why? You tell the story. Why? You tell the whole damn world. This is bad territory. You know Come